This is Barkcast. You ain't nothing but a hound On each episode of BarkCast, your questions will be answered by professional, senior trainer and owner of Canine Point Academy, Russell D. Russell. Hi Russell, how's your week been here at Canine Point Academy? It's been good mate, thanks for asking. Excellent, so we've had an email come in from Adam. Okay. And Adam has said, hi Russell, hi Jay. So he's got it the right way around, I like him already. (sighs) I don't, I've gone off him already. Um, Anyway... Adam has said, I have got a one-year-old dog okay. who is generally quite a good dog, okay. quite nice, okay with other dogs. However, recently we've been going to the beach and when other dogs come around or near us, he's starting to lunge out. Okay. And Adam said, I hold him back to try to calm things down. Is this the right thing to do? Thanks, Adam. Okay, thanks, Adam. Short answer, no. Thank you very much, Russ. Thanks, Frank. I will see you same time next week. <laughs> no. Okay. Um, I think you need to go into a little yeah, bit more detail, perhaps. if In, possible. Sure. So, Adam, yeah, the first thing is, no, don't start holding back the dog, either with a leash or physically holding on to him, because all you're doing is reinforcing uh, what the dog wants to do in that moment. Liken it to if... if two guys are having a bar fight or there's a bit of pushing and shoving and then one of the friends comes to you know try and pull one away but the minute you try and pull one of the friends away then everyone just around no i'm gonna i'm gonna have i'm gonna have him so i just want to take all the energy and all the sting out of that that particular environment okay i'm good calm no i i I totally understand you want it calm and adam probably understands that you want to, to be calm and lots of dog trainers around the world will say, yes, be calm. Mm-hmm. But how do we do that? Well, in not the always a dog trainers. Yeah. And, and, and in, if I put myself in Adam's position here, my dog's kicking off. I've got to deal with it. I've got to deal with it. And the way you deal with it is you say, come here, yeah, stop, yeah. Sure. come here. Or if it's a small dog, pick it up. You pick it up. Yeah. Okay. So, so how does he stay calm? So there's two things. There's management and there's training. Management is dealing with the issue. But understand dealing with the issue, like... Okay, I can either pick the dog up, walk away, or I just hold on for dear life until the other dog has walked past and we're calm again. That manages the situation. And yeah, to all intents and purposes, in that moment, it deals with it. But it doesn't, number one, it doesn't teach your dog how to do something different in that environment. And more importantly, if you're not careful, what it can actually do is make it a lot worse every time it occurs. Why? because you're driving attention and energy to a specific moment. So think of it this way. We're sitting at the beach, we're, you know, whether with friends, family, whatever, and we're there with the dog and everything's nice and calm and peaceful and quiet. All right, we're just enjoying our afternoon and everything's fine, right? We're, we're happy, we're, we're engaging, having a drink and a, a bit of a chit chat. And then another dog appears on the scene and your dog kind of goes, oh, that's interesting, woof. And now you start to panic. You grab the leash, you grab the collie going, Rover, no, 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 pulling him back. And it's this big bun fight. And then that other dog has either walked past, you know, it's a stray dog or they're in or whatever. Anyway, it, the other dog is now gone. So there's nothing to bark at. So it's all calmed down. And then we just go back to being normal and calm and relaxed and everything. Now, on our level, we see that we've dealt with that situation. What the dog is seeing is... When other dogs appear, you lose your mind and you go nuts. 
So it's in my interest as the dog to bark continuously and get rid of this thing because when it goes away, you'll calm down. But the dog had already started barking before I sure, started to lose my... Yeah, yeah. And in terms of the, 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 the genesis of this, where it all begins, maybe it was that first time... Because we're now dealing with this. This is not the first time this has ever happened. I'm guessing with Adam, fairly confident, right? It's probably happened a few times. And now we're thinking, wow, this... And it's probably getting worse. Hence, we're now getting an email about it. I could be wrong, but I'm fairly confident that's the state of play. So wh- however it started, it might have been, you know, like he just woofed. You know, and you think, why have you just barked at that dog? You never bark at dogs. You know, why, why have you done that, Rover? And in that moment, in that first time or the first couple of times, you know, who knows? You'd have to ask the, the dog for the right answer to that. But how we've engaged and dealt with it has, has now changed. All right. And also we're much more aware. So we might kind of be on edge a little bit. We see other dogs in the distance. And whether you realize it or not, you're probably a bit more tentative when there's a dog approaching. I wonder if Rover's going to do anything here hang on hang on hang on a minute mate i'm just keeping an eye on my dog and all of that tension and energy however subtle you may think you are your dog is reading it like a big neon sign so you can well, oh what's going on here oh it's another dog that's why you're acting like this that's and we get stuck in so dialing this back your question how do we because in the moment i've just got to deal with it right i've got to manage it fine but what i want to do is train the dog and show them, A, there's another way of dealing with this particular situation. All right, I'm going to show you that these things can be here, and it's actually a good thing. It's a rewarding thing. It's a fun thing. Or put another way, it's a nothing thing. It doesn't matter that these other dogs or whatever it is are around. So, And the way I would do that is I want to do a lot of engagement work with my dog. Just get him to look at me, check in with me, tune in with me, work with me, sit for me come to me, whatever it is. And it doesn't have to be, you know, run away down the beach and then come back. It could just be they're sitting five feet away. Hey, Rover, come over here, buddy. And they're giving me attention. If, if your dog is looking at you, it's not looking at the other dog. So if he's looking at me, hey, have a treat, have a fuss. Good boy, have some attention. And then five seconds later, two minutes later, hey, Rover, over here. Yeah, good boy. So we're just doing this continual engagement work. So checking in with you, working with you, doing stuff for you is fun. It's engaging. It's rewarding. And when we talk about rewards, we usually think, you know, give my dog a treat. But if you're at the beach and your dog loves being there and loves running around and chasing a ball or a frisbee, you could use that, right? Come to me and do some work and you get to get, you get to have your ball or your frisbee or whatever it is the dog wants. You might still want the treat. Fantastic. There's a dog that comes past. Right. Rover kicks off. Yeah, exactly. But you've now built a reward history around doing something else, i.e. checking in with me. Oh, but you're right. Oh, hang on a minute. Another dog's appeared on the scene. So Rover thinks, I know I've, I've got to do. I've got to bark and lunge. Two things. One is I'm going to continue doing what I've just been doing all afternoon anyway. And B, having Rover on leash, and I banged on about being on leash ad nauseum on this podcast, means I don't have to lose my mind at this point because I'm in control. We should change the name of this podcast to On Leash. Then you yeah, wouldn't have to right. bang on about it, would you, yeah, really? That's also true. Um, it's a very good point. Well made. But... I will, I'm jumping in for a reason because you do make it sound extremely easy easy. and I understand it's not and you understand it's not. I've got my dog on the lead because Mm -hmm. I listen to you, Russell, and I respect you and Mm -hmm. I've got my dog on the lead, right? But not everyone does. Okay, I'm I'm not worried about what everyone else Mm -hmm. does. I'm worried about what I am. I'm pretending I'm Adam. 
And Adam listens to us. Mm-hmm. I hope he does anyway. And if yeah. you do, Adam, like and subscribe and share the podcast. <laughs> but um, And give us a five-star rating on Apple. <laughs> um, but joking aside, I, I listen to the podcast. I've got Rover on, on leash. leash. Okay. There's another dog coming. I've done all the training. Mm-hmm. Or I've done, I, I think I've done because, okay, yep. I've done it half-heartedly. And because I still I can't haven't get the dog's it. attention. And I, the dog, uh, this dog sees another dog coming. This other stray dog is sniffing around. It's just, it, it's gone. He lights up. He lights up. And I've got it on leash, mm-hmm. right? And what do I do then? I can't let go of the leash and say, okay, calm. I'll just let go because it could be relaxed. That dog's going to go and something's going to happen. Correct. If I hold on to it... I'm still in that I, moment I, of attention. I'm still in the moment of attention. So yeah. what the... I can almost, I? I almost <laughs> swore then on this, on this podcast. Because yeah. I'm getting frustrated. Do? Well, what, what can I do? Back away. All right. The, the technical fancy... Back away from this conversation. <laughs> yeah, back up, Jay. Just back up. <laughs> Have I gone um, too far? Yeah. Yeah. Didn't think it was that hard of a question. Yeah. Blimey. Sorry, Russ. Yeah. Tune in next week. Um, the, okay, there's a fancy term here called critical distance, which, again, sounds incredibly fancy, but all it means is how close can my dog get to a stimulus before he reacts? So for Adam with his dog, if another dog approaches and is 20 feet away, his dog doesn't care. If that dog is 10 feet away, he doesn't care. If he's nine feet away, his dog lights up. So nine feet, that's your critical distance. So at any stage, I kind of want, that's where I want to work with my dog. So, or just beyond that. So Adam's there with his dog and his dog's saying, hey, hang on a minute, that dog's getting close. Oh, but I'll turn and look away from that dog and I'll look at my dad because my dad's got a bit of cheese and I like cheese or a ball or a tug toy, whatever it happens to be. Oh, but hang on, I'm going to look back at that other dog just to make sure he's still... Just, yeah, okay, he's still there, but still far enough away, hasn't come close enough yet. So he's in that threshold, he's right on that line. And that's where I want to work with my dog continuously to show my dog that, yeah, there's a dog over there, who cares? Just check in with me. And the first few times, your dog's gonna be looking back and forward, back and forward, back and forward. After a while, your dog's like, yeah, okay, fine, the dog's there, I don't care. Dad doesn't seem to care because he's got no interest in it. And he's doing all of this fun stuff that we've already built reward history around from doing this all the time this morning without the other dog. And over time, that critical distance can reduce. It takes, how long does that take? It a, well, obviously it depends how long, how you, often you work at it, but also it does depend on the dog's own temperament in terms of it might take some dogs a lot longer to reduce that cycle, that distance than it does for others. You mentioned earlier about backing off them. Yeah, so A, in terms of an ideal situation, for example, if you can imagine you're walking down a path, I'll say path rather than beach because anyone can picture this, um, <clears throat> walking down a path, there is a dog on leash walking towards you. All right, so ideal situation. If I ask them to stop, they're now stopped again, 10 feet in front of me with their dog on leash. And I can stop here 10 feet away with my dog on leash. And I can at very least assess what that critical distance is. So if I take one step forward towards the other people, I know my dog is going to light up and start barking and lunging. So what I want to do is take a step backwards and say, hey, Rover, tell you what, why don't you come to me? Because now Rover has to turn around and look at you. If he's looking at you, he's not looking at the other dog. If you're too close, he won't do that. He'll be pulling into the collar as you're pulling backwards. And at this stage, and this is the mistake most people make, is they stay where they are and just pull the leash 
back and forth, back and forth, but no one's moving anywhere. So your dog is looking at this other dog or whatever the stimulus is, getting all sort of wound up and yapping and barking and lunging. And you're just standing there pulling the leash and kind of, you know, and in a, in a way antagonizing it. If instead you change tune and just very calmly said, hey, Rover, I don't understand what your issue is, buddy. Come over here and just step backwards and move backwards. First couple of steps, your dog's going to be eyeballing the other dog, but you'll get to a certain point, that critical distance, and your dog at that point will switch its line of vision from looking away from you at the other dog to looking back at you to say, hey, dude, what's going on? In the same way, if you're trying to drag your friend away from a bar fight, the first few steps, you're holding your mate's arm, dragging him backwards, and your mate is still firing volleys of abuse at the other guy that he wants to have a fight with. But you kind of get halfway through the pub or maybe to the door, and at some point your mate gives up on the fight and now looks to you to say, hey, what are you doing? What's going on? Yeah, it's going to have a kebab. It's going to have a kebab, right? So, and, and at that stage, I could talk to my mate and say, hey, maybe you should calm down a wee bit. Or I can talk to my dog and say, hey, dude, why don't you sit? But that perfect situation is, okay, so I'm going to back off. So yeah. I see someone, it's, I'm going to back off. But then I have to keep backing off, which means I'm never going to get to where I need to get to. So, and again, this comes down to that whole two things. One is identifying that critical distance. And B, and as I've also said before in this podcast, if you only ever work with your dog when you need it to work, you're going to fail. And I can also appreciate when I'm sitting in a coffee shop or I'm sat with friends at the beach, I don't want to have to get up and move away because that's awkward. My argument would be, well, if you want to train your dog, you might have to do that a few times. Otherwise, nothing's going to change. And equally, if you're only ever, and my dog's a great dog, he's fantastic, he does this, he comes back, my dog's amazing, except for this situation. I'm sorry, but you can't just fix that situation. You need to build reward history. You need to build engagement with your dog in a variety of settings. So the dogs start, because dogs learn with pictures, so they need to understand. It doesn't matter what the picture is. It just matters what you, daddy, my owner, or mommy, whatever, or my family say. And if you're only working it at the beach, and then we go home and you know, wherever else we go, and we don't really care about it, then the picture is never really going to change. I think I know the answer to this question. Should I pick the dog up? No. So two, two reasons for that. One is, again, it's an easy fix, especially if you've got a small dog. You might struggle with a Great Dane, but hey-ho. Um, well, Russell, not after I saw your work. Hey, hey, but um, cha. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, picking up a small dog, uh, and the, another question is, you know, why are the small dogs always the yappy ones? Um, and it's not that they're bred or born that way; it's just much easier to make them that way. Because things like, oh, it's he's yapping; it's very cute. We can pick him up and walk away. The problem with picking up a dog is a they've only ever got three options in any given situation: fight, flight, freeze. That's, it's going to be one of those three things. So if you pick the dog up, you've taken away the option of flight. So yeah, they might freeze, but because they can't run away. No, no, I get that. And you I mean, probably drop them, they're not going to fly. Well, that, that was my <laughs> that's point. That's where you were going. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's what I was going to I've never seen a dog with wings. Yeah, there you go. When Didn't you see flight, it's actually to get away. Yeah, I, well, yeah. either to take flight forward or to take flight away or to, to get somewhere. They're, they're out, they don't have the control at that point. Um, and in terms of the other dog on the ground you're more likely to draw them closer because the dog they were interested in and coming sniffing towards has now gone up. And if it then starts to... Now your dog, if your dog is in a state of stress and starts barking, it can antagonize the situation. And you follow that through. You're not exactly going to be very calm. 
And if anyone's going to get bit at that particular point, it's probably going to be you and possibly by your own dog because you just happen to be closest. Wow. Okay. Um, summarize that and give us some top tips. Uh, top tip. Have your dog on a leash. Number one. It, there's a, there is a difference between holding the leash back and guiding your dog back with a leash than there is with you physically holding the dog, physically pinning him down or holding a collar tight. There's also the side issue that if things were going to go south, you're more likely to get a redirect bite from your own dog, just whipping their head around and pinging your hand because that's what's closest. If they're on leash and they decide to try and redirect to it, they're going to ping the leash because that's what's closest. And either way, at that point, you can still walk back calm as you like, non-reactive, like, hey, Rover, dude, why, why are you losing your mind over there? Well, I don't... I don't understand what the problem is. Yeah, but dad, there's a dog over there. It's, it's crazy time. And we're like, you yeah, know, I, I don't care. I don't understand what's going on here, buddy. And I want him to see that picture of me just being like, oh, I don't know what the problem is. Hey, why don't you come over here and do that sit thing that we always do? Because that leads to that reward that you like so much, that bit of cheese or you know whatever it is. And doing that ad nauseum without the distractions builds reward history. Sorry, you're going to have to explain ad nauseum all to the, me. All the time, just Thank endlessly. Because um, it builds that reward history. And then after a while, I can introduce other dogs. And this is where I might say, hey, Jay, can you go and get Maximus and bring him out to the beach one day and have him on leash so I can practice this with my dog? Because if you're doing it in a practice scenario, there's, again, there's less stress. If I'm sitting with my friends trying to have it, oh, there's, another, there's two dogs coming along. I know he's going to kick off. You're stressed before it even starts, and the dog picks up on that. If you've planned it, you don't care if it goes south because well, it's practice, right? It's, it's, it's supposed to go south. We just work our way through it. But now that you've done that a few times, your dog has now seen this new way of doing things, this new picture of, oh, hey, there's a dog over there. If I just check in with dad, uh, oh, everything's cool? Oh, right, okay, I'll just sit with you, and we're going to watch this dog walk by and everything's fine and while i'm sitting here on the beach or wherever it is watching the dog walk by i get you know i get a fuss i get a treat i get engagement from my dad if you happen like with you i would have i would be sat here with my dog and say hey jay can you and maximus just walk by a bunch of times so that my dog can see this happen over and over and over again in a very short space of time and then it just becomes boring because we're not driving any attention to it there you go adam become boring Become boring. That should be the title of the podcast. Hmm. I like Bartcast, to be fair. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks, Russ. Thanks, mate. Cheers, mate. Bye. If you're looking for professional training or somewhere to board your dog, either short or long term, then check out Canine Point Academy. That's caninepointacademy.com or go to Facebook and search Canine Point Academy. Bartcast was created and produced by Shark 13 Productions. If you are looking to start a podcast or would like to learn more about how a podcast can work alongside your current marketing plans, then contact us now at j at shark13productions.com.